Welcome to the Fit AF Podcast. Good morning. We're here this morning, 6 a.m., Tuesday, 5-18-21. It's <laughs> 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 very formal. <laughs> uh, yes. Before we start anything, we have a correction from last week's podcast from our sponsor, Ghost Tactician, <sighs> our best slash Spe- Spectre Concepts. They uh, Their website is not ghostact-tactician. It doesn't matter that I messed that up because their website is actually spectre-concepts, S-P-E-C-T-R-E-concepts.com. Definitely check them out. They offer super awesome training programs, tactical combat pistol, tactical combat carbine, uh, which is your rifle. Uh, they offer all sorts of interesting stuff. Pretty soon they're going to be offering a carry concealed course, which I know is in high demand, but doesn't actually teach you a lot about how to handle and maintain your weapon. So just as someone who's taken it before, you get very little range and trigger time. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, mean, it's a worthwhile thing to have, but if you really want to be proficient. I still remember one of the guys that came with us to our uh, first class with Ryan he had just got done with his uh, concealed carry. Yeah. And after going through the class with our pistol handling and everything, he was blown away. He's like, oh, my God. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go through any of this when I was in my basic thing about how to handle this concealed carry weapon that I yep. have. Yep. Uh, CCW classes just to make sure you know the laws. And <clears throat> darn but, my voice. But there make ain't sure. no laws if you're drinking <laughs> yeah. claws. Make sure you know the laws. Make sure... You are, you know, not unsafe or stupid with your weapon for the most part. But something like a combat pistol course is going to teach you how to be confident with your weapon, when to use it, how to use it correctly, and, you know, how to be deadly with it in a way that's only deadly to the person that you need to be deadly towards and not everybody else around you, including somebody else who might have to be also firing their weapon. So Anthony and I did that, Buddy Team Live Fire together. I think he called it something different, but, you know, that's yeah. what we were doing. Was It's cool. We're moving from barricade to barricade. Yeah. Shoot, um, move, and communicate. Shooting, yep, communicating. Uh, tactical reloads. Using proper, yeah, tactical reloads, proper safety while maneuvering between these things. All that stuff. It's yep. fun. So definitely check them out. Spectre, High stress environment. Yeah, specter-concepts.com. They also have Instagram handles at specter-concepts or at ghost.tactician. You can check out some uh, custom pistols and custom rifles as well that they build. Very cool thing. Also brought to you by our program, The Battle Pass, on thefitaf.com. You can click on any button. That'll take you to any of our, uh, well, to look at any of our character classes, Monk, Fighter, and Brute, different programming styles, different equipment needs, and different outcomes for each one. So, very nerdy, fun fitness. Same stuff. outcome for each one. Well, yeah. Fit as fuck. Fit as fuck. <laughs> this is true. Fit as fuck in a different way each time. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, Bigger, very cool stuff. Smaller, tighter, toner, faster. You choose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That mustache is giving you too much power. That's what's happening right now. You're too <clears throat> I always have too much power. This is just channeling it. It's channeling it. That's yeah. Your mustache is like Harry Potter's wand. Yeah. Yeah. You can just sing magic out of it. Yes, it's amazing. People <laughs> listen to me. 
way more thoughtfully now that I have a mustache. <laughs> I want I want you to talk to everyone and be like, hey, my eyes are up here. I went All into right. a, I'm not just my mustache. <laughs> I went into a work meeting um, with a bunch of the other managers for DCs and everything. So like our distribution centers just randomly and uh it was all like all the managers of like the distribution centers that we've opened up and our distribution center and like a couple other managers because uh, i was talking about like new routes and stuff i'm coming up with and everything like that and i logged in and me and every other dc had big mustaches and it was like that spider-man meme where they're like pointing <laughs> at each other like oh oh yeah like, <laughs> oh no um yeah, it was amazing. So, like, if you meet anybody else with a mustache, you're gonna be like, "So you're in distribution? Is that is that what you do?" Apparently, I want every person to say yes. I'm not in distribution, great. but these guys all were, and it was just exciting. Oh, gotcha. I love seeing so many mustaches. You're kind of in distribution. I mean, you manage. I guess so. Truck shipments. I'm, in manage, your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm part of, I guess, the chain. Hmm. Part of the cog. Part of the cog. An essential cog. part. But today we're talking to you about something that's actually pretty interesting. Um, We're doing a nutrition podcast on... As opposed to the stuff we usually talk about. It's not very interesting. Yeah. Well, everything we talk about (laughs) is pretty interesting, but (laughs) this one's close to my heart. It's um, what's your relationship with diet? And I think that's really different than macros and calories and stuff like that because it jumps a little bit into more about what your mindset with food is. And I think there's a lot of people that you'll find that are fit and healthy or not fit and healthy that have a bad relationship with food and with diet. And I make that distinction because I, you know, I truly have met a lot of people that look like they're in good shape, are in good shape, you know, have very good body composition and they just have a terrible relationship with food. Oh yeah. And I don't think, you know, I'd say objectively, actually, that's not really a healthy outcome. If you're going to get fit, and look good, but have a really unhealthy relationship with food, which we can explain here in a little bit, you know, you really haven't done the deep work in nutrition, you know, which is the ability to appreciate your food, the ability to make distinctions, not based on just your body composition, but also based on how you feel and what's acceptable and, in, in, uh, you know, your internal and your mental performance as well. Yeah. So you know, if you look at somebody with a bad relationship with food, it, it looks like somebody who is chronically stressed or obsessive about what they're eating and not in the sense where they're passionate about like, Oh, you know, I'm eating such and such food because it has these benefits and I really want to get a lot of it because it, you know, it makes me feel good versus somebody who is saying, Oh, I have to eat this because I have to look a certain way. You know, they're not really talking, someone who has a healthy relationship with food isn't talking in absolutes. They're not looking at food um, as completely distinct, specific, and obsessive outcomes. They're looking at it like potential benefits. You know, yep. that's that's a healthy relationship with your diet. They're also not somebody who, you know, someone who's healthy with their diet isn't afraid to eat certain things. Yeah, like they don't just eliminate it off their, off their, let's say you go out, like I used to have a buddy like this, uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'd go out, you know, and, or we'd, I remember we were helping a friend and we were doing like their roof and obviously, you know, like 
they had a booth in this house, so we didn't have a lot of options available. So we had to go get fast food. I think it was like Daily Owns or something. Yeah. And he wouldn't eat because he couldn't track the macros on it. Yeah, and that's... And I was like, dude, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> like, you already have an eight-pack. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like one burrito from Daily Owns is not going to throw you out of whack. Trust me, you'll be fine. Yeah. He was a coach. Oh, boy. So, you know, like, he knew that, and he knows that. You know, mm-hmm. he tells that to other people. From like, And he wasn't, like, like, competing. He was just aesthetically built like that. Yeah. And so I think... It, yeah, that's yeah. a really good marker is somebody who won't even eat one meal, you know, because yeah, they think tomorrow they'll be you're fat. obsessed. Yeah, you're obsessed yeah. with it. And I feel like, you know, we've actually that kind of control. Yeah. yeah, and we've actually kind of built a culture around it. You know, my former coach, um, Rob Goodwin, who is great. I think he's a great coach, but he's also, you know, I mean, he's a top level competitor bodybuilder. Yep. Um, you know, he, I think he does have this mindset. It's all discipline and all rules. And that works for some people to have total a hundred percent discipline and to align themselves with a ton of rules. But I know the the majority of people, myself included, um, even though I followed his program and it worked and it was, it was great for me. Um, it didn't give me a healthy relationship with food. In fact, it kind of damaged my relationship with food in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, which, you know, I was mindful during, so I had a good strategy out, but nonetheless, you know, you, you have to come out of this with some appreciation for food, for it to be a solution that lasts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I always tell people, if it's not a long-term solution, it's not actually a solution, you know, it's just a bandaid because you need to have something that's sustainable and that gives you, instead of giving you rules to follow all the time, gives you a decision-making process around your food that has the vast majority of the time, positive outcomes, you know? Yep. And, and you have to be really mindful of your own cognitions around it. You know, I've, I've had times early on when I was a nutritionist, uh, if someone was like, Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat this. Or I'm not going to eat that. I'd have Tootsie rolls close by and we'd both eat a Tootsie roll. And I tell them, you're not going to be afraid of your food. You know, now that's not something I do now, but it was a practice we had where it's like, why don't you just have a little bit of what you're <clears throat> craving? You know what I mean? And enjoy it. And then move on. What's your next healthy decision? You know, don't obsess yeah. over it. Just, oh, cool. Cookie showed up at work. Yeah, I'll have a cookie. And instead of spiraling out and being like, oh, man, you know, I've, I've been doing this and that. I've been so good. Now I'm just going to eat this bad food for the rest of the day. I think that's another thing most people get. You know, like they have a cookie and like, oh, I ruined my diet for the day. Yeah. Now I'm just going to go have Burger King. Then I'm going to come back and have, you know, like just go haywire, at least for that mm-hmm. day. Some people, they go on a few day binger and then, yep. then they come back and it's like, let yourself have that cookie and then kind of just forget you had it. Yeah. Get back to normal and you probably won't even, it won't even register. It'll be so insignificant, like in your weekly calorie intake, yeah. especially if you're cutting, you've been cutting, you know, on average hundred or so calories a day you know by the end of the yep. week you're uh, near a thousand calories down you had a cookie that's like 200 some calories guess what you're still down 800 oh, calories no. yeah two one cookie yeah yeah and that I, that's the number one example of someone with a poor relationship with their diet for sure is because yeah. when you when you put all these rules around you you know i'm a firm believer and it's it's been borne out in just my own observation that you know the human spirit is freedom and rebellion you know what i mean like we want to be free people 
And if you put all these rules around you, eventually you're going to rebel against them. And the rebellion is going to do so much more damage than if you were just to, you know, have your decision-making process and your decision-making process allows for you to naturally and organically mm-hmm. have some food that, yeah, it's not the optimum, perfect, absolute best calories and macros in that moment, you know, but it means that you get to sustain what you're doing, which should be, you know, 80 to 90% healthy. Oh yeah. You know, 80 to 90% of the time it allows you to sustain that over a longer period of time consistently rather than breaking your consistency for a long time and then doing a ton of damage. Something I tell people is when you, you know, the harder you throw the ball against the wall, the further it's going to bounce and roll away from you, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's, that wall is a, a dogma type diet something that's way too what if you have a steel ball and it goes through the wall <laughs> i uh i don't know i would like to see you throw a steel ball through a wall that'd be amazing i can do it your mustache could do it we used to have like the little steel balls at <coughs> the gym i worked at yeah we toss them like a is that the hammer throw like they do know. in track and field and you like hold it and oh boy and we know that between us, I'm not the it's sports like a can- guy. It's like a little cannonball. I think it's I think it's a hammer throw. Like you hold it up against shot like put? under your chin. Yeah, there you go. Shot put. And you hold on your chin, like spin around and just toss it as far as you can. Yeah. I could throw one of those little cannonballs through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll catch it on a video and put it on Instagram. I mean, like drywall? It's going to go through a drywall. Well, drywall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the drywall, like no one's business. The, yeah. The idea being, though, that like, you know, the more the more you pull that rubber band back, the harder it's going to snap you. You know, you have to have some sort of decision-making process that allows the best outcomes most of the time, you know? And I, I really think we live in a culture that it's like, oh no, it has to be discipline. It has to be willpower. And then people set themselves up with diets that, you know, tell your brain you're starving, get you in a situation where you have, you have no outcome, but failure eventually, Oh yeah. no no matter, you know, failure or eating disorder, which would still be a failure. we're funny we're talking about this actually today so one of our clients reached out to me yesterday and uh she's gonna i'm gonna have a consultation with her today about nutrition but what did she jump on or she got like a free trial of some like new diet that i've never even heard of she was explaining it to me it's more it's geared 100 percent towards women called noom Noom okay. is a healthy weight program that is advertised like every on every podcast targeting women. So <clears throat> it's a um, an app. Um. So she's like, oh yeah, I'll do the free thing because she wants to lose some weight now. She's been training with us for a little over a year. Like, actually, yeah, well over a year now. Gotcha. Um. And uh, <laughs> she got prescribed like less than twelve hundred calories. Oh yikes. Yeah, I'm like well, I know who you're talking about too. Well, um, yeah, she's lifting, and then <clears throat> me and her actually prepping for like a half marathon together. Oh no! Because her and me yeah. are gonna run a half marathon like two months from now, so she's running a lot and she's uh, weightlifting yeah. it, like three times a week. So <laughs> yeah, no. And they're like, oh yeah, twelve hundred calories. I'm like, eh. Yeah. It's like if you want to lose weight, it's like you can cycle and like do twelve hundred calories like a day or two. It's like, but there's no way yeah. you're gonna survive. Yeah. 200 calories and doing the same workload you're doing that that would do terrible things to your body but that's like one of the things like people get caught in that mm-hmm. especially uh not to be weird or anything but women they get caught in that 
Yeah, and I, I think mentality that like they've been eating so such low calories for so long. Like I yeah. just went through it. One of our other clients too with this entire thing. Yeah, the social pressure for for women's physique is a lot higher than men. Um, but interesting enough, in the in the last fifteen years, the anxiety about physique for men is starting to equalize with women. So men's men's anxiety about their own physique is rising, which is a uh, really good for a lot of people that have things like fitness happen, you know, mm-hmm. um, good in a negative way, I should say. That's obviously not how we like to do things. Um, but, you know, marketers will create a problem <clears throat> and then they'll offer you a solution. And that's sort of their job is to is to play on yeah. your emotion a little bit. Feel that need. Yeah, I, I know just in the marketing things we've taken, you know, or, or researched ourselves, it's like, oh, hit their pain points, hit their pain points, you're solving a problem. And I'm like, it sounds like I'm pointing out a thing that's not a problem. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course you're, you, you don't want a deteriorating physique. You don't want a deteriorating health. But like our goal personally is, yeah, of course we want you to look good, but we want you to feel good. We want you to feel confident and feel good about yourself. Like that's, that's the primary importance with it's tertiary that you, that you look great, you know, yeah. and that's a, that's a symbol. Of, it should be at, you know, an optimum outcome you should feel good as well. If I only made you look good and you feel terrible, I feel like I failed. You know what I mean? Like the primary goal. So that's just, you know, kind of how we look at things. But nonetheless, it's um, one of those things where you ever heard of Tony Dean here in town? He's got, got something called the fast diet. Mm-mm. So I've got, I've got, I've had a lot of people over years roll through this guy and he's he's been all around but i think he's here in omaha and the guy's not fit um in fact he's got quite a bit of weight on him as his whole family lost a bunch of weight oh and yes I their whole that. thing you tell me about him yeah i've never met him or oh heard my god him. this this guy just makes me so infuriated because I, I have to do so much for people that come from him they get put on these super low diets he says don't even work out because you're not going to build any muscle anyway. He only prescribes calories. He doesn't even go down to macros. And basically him and some of his family members and, and stuff like that. Now, to be fair, I'm getting this from the clients that went through him um, yeah. that came to me, which may be a little jaded. But I have looked at some of his stuff. Basically, they just send emails or tell them when they weigh in, hey, why did you fuck up so bad? Why are you such a piece of shit? You know, that's not a direct quote, but that's that's the tenor and the in the feeling of what they do you know so he prescribes them terrible diets with no mindfulness of of their brain or their body just calories and calories <clears throat> out you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not actually nutritious and then when they ultimately fail because he's given them a diet that they're going to fail at you know and again this is not a fit person at all this isn't somebody who's done the deep work in nutrition he plays on their worst instincts which is to which is shame you yeah. know it's like the junk food Facebook of of a diet plan, you know? Like, why don't I just play on your worst instincts? You can only eat 1,000 calories today. Yeah, I mean, in the end, what it, what it does is it makes him never wrong. And if, you know, you just dig a little bit and you have some smarts about nutrition, you can see how wrong what he's doing is. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's kind of symbolic in, in the distilled version of how a lot of people are feeling anyway. You know, they're in a situation where they, they don't do the deep work on nutrition, look at why they fail, 
which we've talked about in other things of, of why you're going to fail at a diet. And a lot of the time it's because of how you structured it or how you made it and what you did or didn't think about. And then they beat themselves up over it and say, oh, it's my fault. And it's like, well, it's not your fault for giving in to starvation signals from your brain because you were starving your brain. Yeah. Like everybody's going to give into that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the human brain. It doesn't want you to starve. So if you're going to blame your willpower and stuff like that, you might be in a situation where you don't have a good relationship with diet and food. You're not actually giving yourself nutrition. You're just subtracting enough nutrition from your <clears> diet that you're going to lose body fat. Oh yeah. You know? And I mean, as far as like some of that goes, it's like, obviously there are people who are in bodybuilding who fight that urge for quite a while. Yeah. But I mean, most, I mean, people, you've seen like most bodybuilders in the off season or after they're done bodybuilding, they're usually not in great shape. Some of them stay in shape, but a lot of them do not because they start going binging again because they don't have a good relationship with food. They're like, yeah. well, I'm not training. Any I'm not doing my bodybuilding anymore. Like those guys get huge yep. over. Uh. Well, and a lot of time they get huge because they've injured their body so much. Oh, their yeah. metabolism. Ronnie Coleman and all those guys. Yeah. They barely walk. When they go the other way, that rubber band snaps extra hard. Yeah. They get, <clears throat> they get obese, you know, and, and not to mention the injuries that come with, you know, some of their training plans and stuff like that. So now you're immobile and you have no control over your diet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, healthy control, I should say. I but, mean, there's gonna, you're gonna have to restrict yourself if you have specific goals. That's not what we're trying to say here. Like if mm -hmm. you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to do a show or you're trying yep. to do some kind of competition, you're going to have to have usually some kind of protocol that you're following. Yeah. Whether that is. And this is like where you can get hung up on like uh, emotional stuff attached to it or mm -hmm. bad habits attached to it because like we said, you're dieting down, you're going to be eating less. You know, like mm -hmm. if you're like I am where you're running and – this the girl we we're talking about are running and lifting you're gonna have to eat more and it's gonna be counter intuitive especially yeah. for some people you're like like well i don't want to gain weight it's like you're mm -hmm. burning this many more calories because you're adding all this other stuff in you'll be fine yep and i'm i'm fine with people you know going to those competitions and having having a short-term temporary relationship with food that's like oh that. yeah as long as they know that's it. something. Yeah. You have to explain, explain yep. to them. They're aware of it and they're like, you know, I'm only doing this for this one moment, you know, yeah. but if I'm looking at long-term health, the, the way to ultimately set yourself up is to give yourself a good decision-making process. Now you do have to institute some control at the beginning, you know, calories and macros. Yep. I like to liken all of this into like a remodel project. You know, I tell people exercise, one you've heard here, exercise is just the demo portion of, of your remodel. You know, all exercise do does is all exercise do. All exercise do. All it does is it, it causes enough Adam, micro injury for you to grow back stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the point of exercise is, is to do damage to cause. Um, I do major injury. Yeah. And then come back stronger. <laughs> well, you're, you're causing those micro tears that, yeah. that make you grow back stronger and that's the point that's why recovery matters that's why nutrition matters you know you're getting your building materials and you're taking the time to rebuild but when you look at calories and macros some people can sustain themselves on calorie and macros for long term a lot of people can't you know it's oh, too yeah. many rules for them or they're too used to rebelling against the rules that that's not a good outcome for them so i always tell them you know this is kind of scaffolding this is getting you used to seeing what a healthy plate would look like yep and the next thing Things i do after 
yeah after and you know scaffolding always comes down once your structure is built yeah so the thing i have them do after that is i'll give them a list of of you know the healthiest vegetables the healthiest meats kind of a spectrum of you know what's what's your best meats from like grass-fed local farm stuff like that to what's kind of your worst you know uh same thing with vegetables fruits etc and i say i want you to look at this list and I want you to identify foods that sound interesting. Look up some recipes for them. You know, make sure they fit your calories and macros. But look up some recipes for them and get curious. Get creative with it. You know, start trying new things in a way that's those two words, creative and curious. Because those are things that really appeal to the freedom of the human spirit. And then they start developing a natural passion for their food. I use the example bok choy all the time because that's something that most people have heard of and a lot of people haven't tried and that I think is really delicious and it's great in stir fries and et cetera, you know, stuff like that. But once they start developing that decision-making process around food, oh, I can try new things, it's really healthy. Then I tell them, okay, you tried this, you've identified that it's that you like it and that you're gonna start using it more. I want you to look up the nutrition properties of it. What kind of good stuff does it do for you? And then you're gonna come back and you're gonna tell me about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they'll look up the nutrition properties. I didn't realize it had all this good stuff. You know, yeah, isn't that great? And then we get to celebrate about it. But now they've developed this decision-making process around identifying foods. Oh, here's something I haven't tried. I'm not afraid to try something. Maybe it'll be bad. Maybe it'll be good, whatever. And now I'm going to look into how good it is for me. You know what I mean? That's how I developed a a longer-term solution in eating healthier food. And that's what's been successful for for our nutrition clients is something that, you know, gives gives them actual passion about their food instead of just rules, you know? And it's really easy to follow a passion. It's a lot harder yeah. to follow rules. I think, you know, for each person, it's going to be a little, you know, different. Like, like we've stated, like for me, like, uh, I give myself the freedom, like at least a few days a week, but that's something I've stipulated in there. But I also have specific goals almost at all times that I'm training for something or another. So I do put regulations on most of the, t- like I'd say, like we said before, like 80, 90% of the time. Yep. But I give myself that leeway of ten to twenty percent, and yeah. I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah, like you know, I was out eating. I had a friend in town. We went out and ate. You know, I just did whatever he wanted to. So we were out eating, and I was taking new restaurants around town all weekend. And guess what? I didn't gain any weight. Yeah, I ate like four meals outside. Yeah, <laughs> of my norm every all weekend long, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, and I weighed myself yesterday. I was fine. Yeah, didn't even and, gain anything. And you. You have, you know, that's something I've actually always admired about you is you've had a good relationship with your food. You know, you look at it and you say, hey, this this is giving me the outcome I want. And you have intrinsic goals built in. You know, there's there's things about exercise that you're passionate about um, and you've done the deep work on it. You know, I think the other half of that is how do you kind of fix your relationship with quote unquote bad food? And a big part of that <coughs> is, yeah, you know, I, I prescribe mindfulness. People use coping. Yep. Like they cope with food and I, used, I do that sometimes too. Like yeah. it's become more rare. Cause like you said, developing like my relationships and stuff with it. Mine used to always be sweets when I was down or something. Yeah. Pound on some sweets. Baked goods. Oh yeah. Yep. I still love baked goods, but like you yeah, said, me too. I just, I, something I presented to myself and I worked through whatever the issue was. Mm-hmm. Don't need I, to get to it on here, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And the then, big, the big thing I prescribe is mindfulness and honesty yeah. about your food. You know, like eat the food. But be what mindful it? about it and be honest. Like, hey, <clears throat> is this actually, you know, how do I actually feel yep. 
up to the point when I'm eating That's it. Am I was feeling say, pretty bad? I was like the way I figured it out is because I was trying to figure out why, and I was just journaling. Yeah. Like every time I felt like I had the craving, I journal it down. And then like after like a few weeks of doing it, I was like, oh, this is why. So I'm yeah. like, well, so how do I change that outcome? Because I knew exactly why now. Like you know, this plus this equals this, and then I get, then I want this. And I was like, all right, so if I change this and it'll change that and it worked you know like yeah i still like i said i baked goods are still my favorite thing to eat yeah but i mean i don't just go right. out on a whim and crave them like oh let me go. you eat them for the right reasons yeah or like yeah. saturdays i'll go down to that uh place right down the road now um because they're open fully back up that bakery uh god what's it called it's like uh it's right by uh what is this the cafe and it's right by the cafe, and then... Uh, Benson? No, fuck. In Benson, though? Or? No, it's right over here by Radio Cafe. Architect? Archetype? No, it's Radio Cafe, and there's that coffee place that we went to on the corner, but like yeah. right next to it, Magnolia Bakery. Oh, okay. They're extremely good. I'll check them out. That's, homemade, yeah, that would be an example. You know, there's some gray area and overlap with the stuff because, yeah, you're still eating baked goods just like someone who might have a negative relationship. But then when you go to eat them, you're eating them with joy and you're continuing on back to your healthy habits. Yep. You know, there's not a guilt cycle or anything like that. So, you know, I think when you're when you're on the subject, <clears throat> it's not a, you know, the the object of the information isn't what you're eating. It's why you're eating it. You know what I mean? And that's a, I think that's, that's the ticker there is you have to be honest with yourself about why you're eating stuff. And that's where, you know, that mindfulness and honesty part of it is built into the nutrition programming is once you kind of have your scaffolding, you know what a healthy food looks like, you know, our healthy plate looks like as far as portion control and whatnot. And then you get to that point where you are getting curious about your food. Now you have to start understanding why you're eating your food. And that's, that's kind of the final piece. And it's one of those things where, you know, eat, eat the food that, that is the baked goods, but then be honest with yourself. You know, is this really giving me traction with my goals? Why do I want to eat it? Oh, I've identified that, you know, it's kind of an emotional eating thing. Okay. Does it actually fix the problem long-term or are there better coping skills I can use, you know? And even when you're eating the healthy food, ask yourself, why am I just eating this because I want to look good? Or have I spent the time looking at why this is good for me? Why it makes me feel good. The happy outcome is that it makes me look good too, you know? And look at, and you know, you get to the point where you don't crave those foods as much mm -hmm. and you don't crave them for the same reasons, you know, and it's really easy not to eat something that you don't want to eat in the first place. Mm -hmm. You've, you've eliminated the need for strict rules. You know, you get to the point where willpower isn't a factor. It's just your own desire to eat healthier foods because you've developed a better relationship with your diet and a better relationship with your felt with yourself, you know? I think, uh, you know, this is, this is the deep work of nutrition and it's, it's tough, but it, it provides longer and more sustainable outcomes for people. And it also just takes a ton of stress away from, yeah, about from being in a diet. You know, I mean, food is like, since the dawn of time has always been like a social event for humans as well. So, you mm -hmm. know, like when you're limiting yourself and you're trying to go out and have fun or like at a family event, because you know, you have certain hangups about food and like, oh, I can't go over my calories today. And like, like we said, there's always circumstances where that's understandable, but for the most part, it's 
it should be almost unacceptable. You go to your family thing and like enjoy a plate or two of the food. Yeah. Everything like that. You know, like you're going to feel a whole lot better and it's not going to, in the scheme of things, a day off or a meal or two off isn't going to throw a wrench in your plans, especially if you've been on it for like the rest of the week. Yeah. And we talked about that before too, like planning that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like if you know something's coming up, there's easy ways to plan around it. Yeah. Like if you have a specific goal, otherwise who cares? But yeah, like you said, like after you've done a lot of the work, like the tracking and seeing like what the plate looks like, everything just becomes intuitive too. Yep. Like that's kind of the goal that we're going for. You, every now and then you might have to come back, retrack and see like what it looks like. But like, I mean, when we were doing our cut, like I'm not really cutting now. I mean, I'm getting smaller just cause I'm running a lot and biking and stuff. But, uh, we were doing the cut like after a certain while like i just didn't track anymore because i intuitively knew exactly what my plate needed to look like in order for me to hit my calories and it was i rechecked like after two months and it was right at spot on essentially like you know doing yeah. my protein i think my carbs were like a little under so then i readjusted and then went back but it's kind of a whole purpose you don't want to be restricted within the confines of plug in my fitness pal every time or scanning a barcode yeah i mean it's good like we said to like build up that habit and like for you to visualize and then hopefully walk away from for at least a while yep and then it's just there's referencing yep yep i i agree completely it's one of those things that you know if just kind of the final point here is that you can once you've built the scaffolding and built your structure of, of decision making you can be in a, a healthy good looking body you know, oh, yeah. if you want to hit those, the magazine or calendar or photo shoot, whatever body, yeah, you have to rebuild that scaffolding and you have to be really tight on your rules, but that's a short term goal. Yep. But in the long term grand scheme of things, you know, you don't have to be so strict to be oh, yeah. in a good looking body and a healthy body that, that feels good, you know, oh, yeah. the majority get, of the time. If you get to the point to where you're looking the way you want to look and you've been tracking for a while, and guess mm -hmm. what, you can probably go intuitively at least for, uh, usually I'd say like people are good for a couple months before they start kind of veering off. Yeah. And then all you do is you start retracking, and usually you don't even do it that long, like a week. Yeah. <clears throat> like most of the two people I have that have been with me a long time in nutrition and stuff, that's all we had to do. Yep. Like. To, if we switch goals, obviously you have to start tracking again for a long, long period of time. Like you're trying to put, add muscle compared to lose weight. It's going to be a different macro breakdown, all this other stuff. Your plates will look different and everything like that. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things too, that if you start to notice if you're off, you can back off slowly too. You can go from doing all your calories and macros oh, yeah. to just writing down, Hey, here's what I ate, you know? Um, photos, whatever you want to do. Know some oh, people yeah, take, take photos. Pictures. Yeah. Yeah. But it matters how you were dieting in the first place, too. If you were dieting extremely strict and then you're like, okay, okay. I'm going to kind of back off a little bit, it's likely you're going to go in the other direction really fast, you know, and you might oh, yeah. get out of control. It'll be it'll be negatively correlated with how in control you were trying to be, you know? Yep. So that's it's definitely something to be mindful for while you're dieting and then Hold when on, you're starting to come out off of it. Don't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> If you hold too tightly, you're going to lose control. Oh, no. All right. It's perfect for this. <laughs> yes, it is. But, yeah, that's what we got for you guys. Don't copy um, Definitely <laughs> check us out on our Facebook group. Yes. Uh, Gamified Fitness. Our Instagram handle, at the Fit AF. 
at the period fit period af that's right yep you'll see our little logo it's a little gaming controller with kettlebells for analog sticks which yeah. is the most badass com- badass logo that ever was and badass controller i wonder if they can customize a playstation controller that for me would be amazing. kettlebells we should do that you imagine trying to like push the joystick and like the horn of the kettlebell that's like pushing into <laughs> <laughs> you can't move forward as yeah, fast like, as everyone <laughs> you know i'm PUBG, it's like yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. and then uh hey fridays we're gonna be doing uh pod and place so you can ask us health questions nutrition questions ask us about the podcast ask us what's coming out that's gonna be on uh every friday barring so we'll be there this friday and then the next two fridays we will not because we are yeah. both going on our own vacations and yeah. then after that yeah we'll we'll be uh pretty regular yep I and mean, we did our first one it was a short one yep you guys gotta remember we're uh feeling a lot of this stuff out still so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're f- <laughs> working through it but uh yep. i mean we had it up so that's yeah good we played some PUBG. we did not do very well nope. but check us out we'll have a discord up that you can ask us questions um and we'll be happy to answer your questions or you can just jump on and game with us and chat with us Yes. So yeah, we will talk send to us you. your tags. Yes, you send play us your PC. Tags. I think we've been playing PC. So yeah, we've been on PC. So yep, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, folks. Bye.